Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free gift for you on how to scale your agency to multiple six and even seven figures and beyond by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself from the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is text the word FREEDOM to 720-792-8036. Again, that's 720-792-8036. Just text the word freedom and I'll send you the free gift on how to achieve freedom in your agency and life. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners? Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today we're hanging out with Barry Maroney. He is the founder and CEO of Leadable, an outsourced sales development agency focused on helping SMEs get enterprise clients. Having previously led sales and marketing teams for a number of international brands, Barry started Leadable to give agencies the opportunity to run highly personalized outbound sales campaigns at scale without the prohibitive costs associated with building an outbound function. I think I might go and, and, and start, start selling Leadable, man. I, I think I got the value prop down. Welcome to the program, Barry. Nice. Thanks for having me on, Brent. So, uh, dude, I love I loved having folks on to kind of nerd and, and jam out on, on some sales stuff. And, and outbound in particular, I think is, you know, for a lot of people, it's, it's a hard game. It's, it's kind of a, not, not necessarily a black box, but it's like, a, it's like a function of wills, right? Like a battle of wills. Can you send as many connections and as many emails as you need to get results um, on outbound? So looking forward to talking to you about outbound. What, what got you into outbound to begin with, man? Uh, I've been in sales and marketing throughout throughout my career, and obviously outbound is always going to be a big part of anything to do with sales, particularly when you're in the earlier stages of your career. And I found that I liked that part of it. I liked the psychology of trying to dig into interrupt patterns and kind of break into somebody's day and and kind of force a need to to have a conversation. And that I was you know pretty decent at it, and kind of that's how we ended up where we are now. Interrupt patterns. That sounds like a fancy way of uh, of saying you know you're 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 bothering people in the middle of something that they're they're currently you know. I mean, I can just imagine. Right? I'm I'm sitting around. I'm trying to get yeah. my work done. My my cell phone's blowing up. My text messages are blowing up. I mean, most time these days, it's like you know people telling me they can sell my house or get me a warranty or whatever, right? But I think in B two B, it's it's maybe less. Like I don't get very many people that are reaching out to me in really specific ways that can help my business. It's like really broad stuff like telecom or something like that. Yeah, talk to me about like inter- interrupt patterns. Like what's what are things that actually work right now? Because I think all of us have experience on hanging up on people or, you know, marking emails as spam. What's what's effective right now? Yeah, so the typical kind of agencies that we work with have big tickets retainers or projects. So it's, we lean on the, I don't think it's worthwhile to do any type of, let's say, total, very personalized outreach if you're, you know, have a very low contract value or very low retainers. But when they're larger, which is the typical agency client that we type work with. What, what, can you put that into a number? What's, what's larger? What's small? So I would say like your, your average contract value, so committed from the client would want to be at the very, very least $20,000 to, to consider doing it this way. So, you know, if you're looking at monthly retainers of, you know, a typical agency we might work with 
kind of on the lower end might have a monthly retainer of, let's say, $5,000 a month, and they might be getting a six-month commitment. That's perfect. You know, makes sense to do it that way. But we work with a lot of agencies and, let's say, other service-based businesses, maybe software development, kind of big-ticket stuff where it could be several hundred thousand, could be into the millions even at times. And the reason why is, let's say, we're that type of client is typically targeting big enterprise companies, big companies, senior people within them, and there's a sea of noise to get at those people. You know, everybody else wants a piece of them as well because they can either influence or you know make kind of budget decisions. So you kind of have to do something a little bit different. And agencies, for the most part, you know, about sixty percent of our portfolio are agencies. About forty percent are B two B tech companies. And agencies, for the most part, it's not in the culture of agencies to have a dedicated outbound function. It's very rare that that an agency would have that. And outbound isn't really something that you can dip your toe in. You know, you either have to do it and commit to it and build the team and get economies of scale around it, or you need to outsource it, or else you're not going to do it. And I see a lot of people, you know, over the years who dip their toe and they hire one person, let's say, and you know, there's there's no support for that one individual. That one individual is reporting to somebody who, you know, doesn't really want to be managing an outbound function in most cases, and they don't have the tech stack for them, and it rarely works out. So that's kind of, you know, the gap that we look to fill. And those types of people that we're reaching out to, you really have to do something different. And what that might be is, you know, it's not the kind of spray and pray type of approach. If you've got six-figure project values, for example, you don't need, you need fewer, better clients. You know, you don't need an abundance of clients in the same way somebody with a $1,000 contract value does. So taking a more thoughtful approach, money rush running much lower volume campaigns and doing it through you know, very, very personalized email. If you're going to be calling them, taking your time and doing research so that you come to that call prepared, sending them handwritten letters, doing personalized videos for them, following up in an engaging and non-salesy way on LinkedIn. So you know, using all of the channels available, but being thoughtful on, on everyone. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to let you know about a hosting platform that is giving digital agencies and creators around the world an edge when it comes to site speed, scalability, and profit. It's called Cloudways, and it's designed to create exceptional experiences for you and your clients that guarantees unmatched performance, reliability, and choice with 24-7 award-winning support. Cloudways is excited to offer our listeners a $50 hosting credit in addition to their amazing benefits of their agency partner program. For more details, head over to yougurus.com slash cloudways or use promo code DASCW when signing up. Let's get back to our show. Research, personalized videos, personalized emails, really thoughtful calls. I can see why you have to be going after, you know, big, big ticket opportunities. You're putting a huge amount of effort uh, per opportunity. Yeah. I mean, can you kind of ballpark like what, like on a, on a per contact level, like how much energy does your team or do people that are successful with this, are, are they putting into every single um, identified lead? Hard to quantify that exactly. So we, like we have a pod structure. So there's like five people who play the role of one outbound salesperson. And that's really the biggest challenge when it comes to outbound is that, you know, you hire one people and they they kind of have to be five different people in one and, and they're not really, you know, they need to be strong on the research kind of admin side of things. And, and salespeople don't really like that. It's, you know, it's not something they're going to want to do for very long. They need to be expert copywriters. And when we talk about copywriting, we don't really mean like, you know, creative ad copy. We mean somebody who understands psychology enough to be able to join the dots between what a person or what a business is talking about publicly and the deeper meaning behind what they're saying is and join the dots there. 
you need to be strong on the kind of technical execution side from a marketing perspective, you know, have the attention to detail with the the tech that, that's running the campaigns. Need to be very solid on the phone. Couple of things very important there. Need to obviously have the right phone manner and you know everything that goes with that, but also they need to want to do it. A lot of salespeople don't. It's kind of a, a means to an end. They kind of have to do it until they get to a point where they never have to do that again in their life. But there are kind of people out there who who genuinely like that. And if you set them up for success by having the other people do the other parts, they can flourish and do very well. And then you need the fifth person in the team is the kind of strategic overseer who handles all strategy and kind of project manages everything. So it's hard to quantify exactly how much time would be spent on, on one typical you know, prospect or company. But when we work with clients, we would typically target, let's say, 50 or 100 new accounts per month for them. Those would be like the, the most common campaign types that we would run. 50 to 100 people on the list, targeted businesses that you're executing this very high-touch personalized outreach to per month. Five people. Yeah, my- That's incredible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it would be, let's say, 50 accounts, for example. But within that, we do an ABM style approach where there'd be maybe five key stakeholders can make or influence those decisions. And we would be targeting kind of five within any one account at any one time. That's kind of like standard kind of boilerplate. But certain clients have have different needs. If you had a very, very large contract values and a very small total addressable markets, we might approach it in in an even more extreme way. Um, if you had, well, we don't really do more transactional stuff, but if it was on the lower end and you wanted a little bit more volume, we might go a little bit that way, but not too far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I imagine if you're going after, you know, the Fortune 500, for example, right? I mean, there's 500, yeah. right? I mean, but there's, exactly. in terms of the volume of people that actually work for those companies that might have a role that could be a potential breakthrough into those businesses for five and six figure projects actually might be a really, really large amount of people. Like if you're trying to break into, let's say, Amazon or Google or what, I mean, there's tons and tons of departments and, and tens of thousands of team members that you could potentially connect with across those yep. uh, those those companies. So that makes a lot of sense. So you mentioned, I mean, so so the pod, and, and this is, I think, coming back to that, you know, whether you're dipping your toe in with a person or really saying, hey, we're going to make this work. And I, I see this a lot with marketing, right? Like you have somebody who goes and, and they dip their toe into Facebook and they spend, yep. oh, oh, you know, they're like, oh, they're, they're scared, they're timid. And so they spend $500 a month. But, yep. you know, if they had a proven marketing engine on Facebook, I mean, it might even cost them 1000 or $2,000 to acquire a customer. So best case scenario, it's going to take them four months to get to like one client, right? Yep. And so it's like, you know that 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 approach. I think some people just don't appreciate um, that. Sometimes you do have to go kind of more all in to make something work. How how do you convince clients that that that's the right approach? Because you're pitching agencies on this all the time. Yeah. So that can be uh, the the thing about our industry as well. You know, I don't like to class us as a lead generation agency, although technically that's what we are. We're an outsourced sales development. The word lead generation agency has negative connotations. You know, there's a lot of very bad players in the space. And most agencies that we, you know, potential clients of ours have been burned somewhere along the way. You know, if they've been around for a while, they've probably tried something out. But the model globally, and this was kind of the main reason for starting the business was based on the experiences that I had. The model is build big lists, big, big lists, and throw loads of, you know, throw thousands of people into campaigns every month, very automated, very generic. And it just doesn't work. You know, if you have larger contract values, targeting more senior people, that just isn't going to work. So that like that can be a blocker. People, some people have been burned 
one too many times and they just can't, you know, can't get past it. But when we present, you know, the process, I think most people, you know, look at it and say, okay, this is very different to what we've what we've tried or looked at before. And they generally are willing to to go with it. You know, we do a, an annual contract with an, an opt-out after six months. So a new client commits to a, a six-month period. And it's a decent commitment, to be fair. Um, but I think, you know, we in the sales process, we can generally map it out and show the kind of results that we've had. And most people are able to, you know, to go with it. I, I imagine when you're actually talking to businesses, right, that, you know, they're, they're going to still put you in the lead gen bucket, right? I mean, they're going to be like, wait, yep. so you guys are here to generate leads for us, right? Because I assume that you, once you have somebody at a company that's been identified, you know, you're actually then setting up that appointment, right, for for mm-hmm. your clients. You're not just like handing off contact yep. details. Yeah. The one good thing that helps us there is most of the prospects, we, we get the vast majority of our clients from our own outbound efforts. And it makes the sales process much easier for us and it allows them to trust us because we're able to demonstrate to them that they've been on the receiving end of exactly what we would be doing for them. So we prove it to them before they even speak to us, to be honest. Um, and that, you know, it's much easier for us to close deals come from that source than it is from somebody who just like comes inbound, you know, listen to a podcast, read a blog or something, and then comes inbound. It's a little bit harder to show that person that we're different when we haven't proven it to them in a kind of an unsolicited manner, um, which generally is, is the best way for us. Yeah. Let's let's get into some of the things around these these five seats because I I mean yeah you know there might be people that listen to today's show and they just say hey let's go hire Barry right but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of listeners today that are like oh I'm going to dip my toe in I'm going I'm to try some of this stuff that maybe Barry does successfully with his clients uh, for my own business maybe there's agencies out there right now that are dipping their toe into uh, outbound or are thinking about it I mean what are the things that like let's just start with research real quick and and we don't need to go huge depth on each of these but like research what are the things that you know, you kind of coach and tell your team to be looking for when when looking for opportunities. I mean, what are the key values that that really make a difference for you? So the research component has has, has two parts, but that first part in the research, it's the it's a lot of manual work. So identifying all the companies, identifying the key stakeholders within them, finding all of their contact information, and obviously we use a, a wide range of of tools to to help us get that data, but not just relying on that then you know, manually validating all of that data. That's the that's the big step. And that kind of makes the difference to make sure that, you know, all of that is rock solid because we're going to spend a lot of time on the next steps. And that second step is that copywriting step. And there's a lot of research in this as well. It's where the copywriter is doing the deep dive into all of those accounts and all those brands and all those individuals to see what's important to them. And then they're writing messaging that's, you know, personalized and bespoke to them. So the research happens in two separate stages. One is on the hard data side and one is more on the kind of subjective writing the copy based on their needs side. So your copywriters aren't just writing. I mean, it's interesting to extract that copy level out, right? They're they're writing personalized messages for specific stakeholders at specific companies you know, maybe there's some structure or frameworks based on the overall campaign, but they are actually writing personalized copy for those individual contacts. Yeah, exactly. And there was a time, like let's say f- maybe five years ago, when you could you could write anything. So if, if you just personalize the first line of an email, and it could be about anything, just the most recent thing that was out there about the company, and you threw it in at the top of an email, it was so unique because nobody was doing it at the time that it worked and it, it got a lot of attention. 
now that the same can't be said for that now, um, you absolutely need to have relevance and personalization together because personalization for the sake of personalization is there are AI tools out there that can not do a very good job of it, but that can drop something in there. But finding the relevance, so it's not just about going to you know, Brent's LinkedIn page and see the posts that you posted yesterday, throwing that in, oh, so this, this was cool. By the way, you want to buy my stuff? It's more taking a deep dive to find something that's relevant to the reason why I would reach out to you. So looking for some kind of triggers or things that are going on in the business that make it kind of worthwhile for you to, to want to have the conversation. The end result that we want to get to in every stage is to have that other person feel like they weren't on a list with 99 other people. You know, that we were just going about our business and we were on LinkedIn and we saw some posts or we were happened on the website and we saw this particular thing and thought, I'm going to contact Brent and only Brent because this thing he's talking about, you know, we can help him with that. Yeah. So that's that's really the the top level objective is is how to how to make somebody else feel like they're not in a system, but they're still kind of in a system. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Tech execution. So is this in terms of like the tools and the the specific things that are kind of pulling your data, copy, list management, emails? I mean, I assume this is not just like, hey, we're opening up Gmail and hitting compose and writing personalized messages. Even though we're trying to make this seem very personal, custom and bespoke, that there is some type of tools where we are able to see like open rates, engagement rates. We are able to see who's somebody that we're moving into an appointment, who's somebody that we're qualifying. We're able to to, to see that it was some kind of system level, right? So is, is that tech yeah. person really just overseeing all that stuff? Yeah, and you know, like the, the biggest, the most important reason for that is because the, the best outbound reps in general, bit of a generalization here, but the best ones, they tend not to be very good at that part. Kind of person who's going to be a real people person, you know, really good interpersonal skills, really good phone manner, and you know, real hunger and desire to go and do that. Bit of a generalization, but they tend not to be particularly good at the other parts. So you've got to have somebody whose kind of key skill set is attention to detail because we're going to front load so much work with all of that research and personalization that we got to get everything exactly right and make sure everything is perfect because if you get the tiniest, tiniest thing wrong, the prospect smells automation. They're like, oh, this was a campaign. You know, it, everything has to be absolutely perfect. There's no margin for error whatsoever. And then phone, this is probably what people most think of. I mean, between the actual emails that I send to somebody and talking to somebody on the phone, calling them up, you know, what what matters when I'm calling somebody up, when I'm interrupting their day, when they would like to be doing 999 other things than talk to me on the phone about how we can solve a problem. Like now, ultimately, if you believe in your product or service, right, like you you might be able to help this person get like a crazy life-changing result. But obviously, if you're interrupting their day, there's a pretty big gap between, you know, interruption yep. and getting them the result, right? So what, what matters most? What have you guys found matters most in that phone call? So there's a couple of steps that need to be taken prior to that. The biggest challenge that most reps face is that the connect rates are so low, like average 2 to, two to 4% that they are just dialing all day. And when they get on the phone with somebody, they don't even know who they're talking to, you know, the vast majority of cases, because if they did any pre-call research, they'd spend all day researching and, you know, never speaking to anybody. So you got to take a few steps before that to validate all of that data. You know, if I took your name and I popped it into Zoom Info, for example, I would get probably five potential phone numbers for you. And one of them might be right, four will definitely be wrong. 
And there's no way to know what's what. You know, they're all random digits. So pre-call validation, calling all of those numbers, our operations team are calling all of those numbers to see what happens, basically, you know, who answers what ones. And then we want to prioritize them into, you know, priority one, bucket one, dial this number and Brent will answer. This is his direct dial, this is his cell, so come prepped for that call. Priority two. Hold on. So 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 you've got people that are calling the number just to see who answers the phone. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going. I'm going through my day and thinking about how many times I get a call and I pick it up for whatever reason, right? And then it's like, yeah. you know, somebody listening to my voice, or and then they just hang up, right? So, so you're helping to close some loops for me, Barry. But what what you what you'll end up with all of that? So you'd have your kind of priority one to three, and about forty percent of any group of contacts are going to end up in that priority one to three, and they're like you know, ready to go. They are worth dialing. And the other 60%, forget about them. The phone is not going to be the place to get them. We'll get them in other areas. But we focus exclusively on those. So the rep who's calling totally changes the dynamic for them because that 2 to 4% goes up to nearly 20%. And, what, and that changes the game entirely because then they come prepped for those calls because they know one in five are going to answer. So they're able to lead the call. But, you know, hey, Brent, appreciate this is an interruption. The reason why I'm calling is I saw this, this, and this. And I was wondering whatever the case may be. A rep on the phone like that is not trying to sell anything. But that's the key thing. And you know, when we work with clients with very complex solutions, we're never going to have the depth of knowledge to be able to sell anything like that. We focus on the problems, the problems that they solve, and we have the guardrails up around that. So that you know, as soon as the person kind of wants to hear a little bit more, it's, okay, well, look, I'm going to introduce you to Brent now because you know, Brent, Brent can talk you through this. He's, he's the expert on this. And their goal is to just pass it across and and set up that next step. Hey, what's up agency owners? I want to tell you about one of my favorite white label partners, E2M. They can help with all your website design, web development, SEO, and content needs for your client projects. This includes WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Webflow, Duda, SiteGlide, custom PHP applications, and much more. Have peace of mind when it comes to your outsourcing needs. Let E2M become an extension of your team so you can grow and scale how you want. Check them out today at e2msolutions.com. That's e the number two m solutions.com. All right, back to our show. In terms of your strategic team member, so that would be like, I mean, it's just somebody who's who's looking at the overall campaign effectiveness. You know, almost like a sales manager in a way, right? I'd have a, I had a team of BDRs or setters, right? I'd have a a sales manager who's looking over that team and, and hitting their numbers and effectiveness and, and removing obstacles? Is that essentially that team member's job on the, on the pod? Kind of. They do a couple of things. So they are the point of contact, first of all, with the client. And they are, they're the most uh, senior person in yep. the team. All the strategy comes with them. But the other thing they do is they take all the credit for all the work everybody else does. So everything that everybody else does, it then comes from them. So you get that outreach from, let's say, you know, John, and you think, oh, John's done a great job here. He's done loads of research and, you know, he, he knows all about me. But the reality is John probably doesn't, you know, you're on a list to John, but everybody else has done all of the work. And then that person, you know, it comes out from them and then they step in because after the campaigns go out, you know, you're in the real world then and responses are coming back. And then, you know, people ask random questions and you need somebody who is more senior, more experienced to be able to handle those objections than often the kind of outbound salesperson would be. Um, so that, that allows the later stages to go a little bit more smoothly. Yeah, awesome. 
Well, Barry, I love I love the run through on this man. It sounds like you guys have a good thing going on. You're approaching outbound in a, in a really unique and, and different way, and uh, it's it's definitely a problem that agency owners I know face all the time. A lot of them are dipping their toe into it, and uh, you know, hopefully, folks got some value, got some insights from your approach to this uh, this very common problem. Do you have a few minutes to stick around for our lightning round? Absolutely. What is the best advice you've ever received? Prospect when the going is good. So never let up on outbound. Even if you've got a full client portfolio, things change. Keep the pipeline full at all times. And that's the biggest mistake I see, not just in agencies, but salespeople in general. They get complacent when they've got a full pipeline and they stop prospecting. You stop prospecting today, you will not feel the pain tomorrow. I guarantee you will feel the pain in three to six months. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Probably the ability to make quick decisions and take actions. I think as, a, as an agency owner, you've got to be able to do that you know, very quickly and decisively. Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you think our listeners would find valuable? Uh, we've got a pretty full tech stack, a lot of different tools that we use. I would say Asana would be the one that we absolutely, the business could not live without. Uh, obviously Slack and Notion and things like that. But Asana, task management, project management, yeah, we'd be lost without that. And what book would you recommend and why? I would recommend a book called Multipliers by Liz Wiseman. It is, I'm not a big, I'm not big into business books. I, I have a conspiracy theory that for the most part, I think they're about 10 times longer than they need to be to justify a price tag. But Multipliers is one that I would stand behind. It yeah, made me really, when I read it first, made me really reconsider you know, approach to management. Well, we will link out to Multipliers by Liz Wiseman, as well as Asana, Slack, Notion, and Zoom Info, which you mentioned earlier. On our show notes page, check out yougurus.com forward slash podcast. If you're out on a run or like me out on your bike, just go to yougurus.com slash podcast. You're going to see Barry's photo right up there at the top. If you listen to this week of, click on Barry and you'll get lots of quotables, takeaways, insights, links out to all these resources, book recommendations, and much more. So check those out today. Barry, how can folks find out more about you? Is there anything that you have they can check out? Yes, they can go to our website, leadable.io, L-E-A-D-A-B-L-E.io, and can find me on LinkedIn, Barry Maroney. Awesome. We will link out to leadable.io as well as your LinkedIn. So if you want to responsibly stock Barry and learn more about outbound sales and how his business could help your agency potentially, check that out, yougurus.com slash podcast. Barry, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Brent. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want this free gift all about how to scale to six and seven figures and beyond in your agency, just text the word FREEDOM to 720-792-8036. That's the word freedom to 720-792-8036. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver.